I do. And I don't. And it's another beautiful Monday. It's extra beautiful. The snow is driving outside. I hope that that's true for you as you're listening so that this feels like now, like in the moment. In the moment. It may not, but for us, it's awfully pretty. There's a panoramic view of the Niagara River and Mm. the snow is falling madly. You're describing just living in the lap of luxury in a sense. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, the studio here. Yep. Um, I don't live here, but... But I do, and uh, and if anyone wants to feel jealous, go for it. Uh, I, I, it's working. I am. <laughs> I am. Oh, uh, but this is I do and I don't show podcast show. And what do we do here, Kat? We give marriage and sometimes relationship advice. Depends on the question. That's right. Uh, and one of us has some qualifications to be doling out advice. Who? Me. Oh, uh, I was hoping it was me. Uh, no, it's not actually Joel. Okay. It's me. You are, uh, well, we've been over this. Listen to previous podcasts, but Kat has some experience. I have no experience. And we get these questions uh, that are emailed to I do and I don't show.gmail.com. And they're all, you read them. I read them. I sit here and I don't do anything. Mm -hmm. And then you come to me and you say, here's a question. And I go, who wrote that? And you go, I'm never, ever, ever going to tell you. Ever in a million years. Like, I know there's going to be a question that's going to be like, hey, I have been dating this guy for a bit. I don't think he's as as attractive as Joel is. And I'd really like to date (laughs) Joel. Can you pass on my details to him? And you'd be like, sorry, this is anonymous. That's right. You're just going to have to hunt him down on your own. Yeah. So if you go to Instagram at (laughs) (laughs) I do and I don't show, you'll see... I am actually tagged in, like, Joel Van Vliet. You'll, it's easy to find. but Joel is super easy to find on the internet. Yeah, I'm all over the internet. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, just check out I Do and I Don't Show on all the social media. That is Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, and, uh, and if you have questions, you don't necessarily have to be married, though Joel is really a purist about the marriage thing. Uh, but we are happy to tackle any of your relationship questions because hopefully your relationship will turn into a marriage. And you can send them to us either through Gmail, as Joel mentioned, or through any of our social media profiles. Uh, and we will guarantee your anonymity. So you never have to worry about us disclosing who the question came from. Exactly. Um, so do we want to crack on right into these questions? Yeah, let's do it, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it sarcastically. (laughs) Okay, here we go. My cousin just got engaged to her high school sweetheart. They're both in their early 20s. Our family is silently freaking out because the two of them have never lived together, and we think getting married before sharing space is a bad idea. Her fiancé is religious, so it's not really even an option. What are your thoughts about marriage before cohabitation? Ooh, very interesting question. Do you have an an opinion on this? Well, uh, I don't understand the whole religious thing at this point in our human history mm-hmm. that says that you shouldn't live with someone before you get married. So I, I don't know that I'm the right person to answer this particular question because I think it's a terrible idea to get married to someone before you've lived together. I guess there are people who do it all over the world and somehow find a way. But Well, in certain like religions, even... Like you're, we're talking about like, like probably a Christian religion here, where it's just like the parents are like, don't live together, um, keep yourselves pure. I mean, they've probably banged, so it's all about like. That's a whole other question. Could you possibly marry someone without having had sex people, with them? People first? do it all the time. I know it's crazy to me though. Um, but there's some of course religions where it's arranged marriages yeah so true. there's there's nothing before it's just like you two true and i don't want to disrespect anyone's religious but choices. those also last yeah i guess because then well, you you're probably not allowed to get a divorce well, that part but i think that there's also <laughs> just that thing where you're sitting there going well this is it like yep. i'm i'm in it now and i got to make this work and yep. with that attitude you might like that might be more hopeful than I mean, I'm not saying it's the best case scenario, then the other one, which is, mm. well, I can get out of here. I do have options. So we're, uh, I'll leave. That's really interesting. You're right. There's a huge question, like, 
I don't know if the divorce rate has been going down with all of our choice and it all has not. of our no. <laughs> so the way that things were done traditionally, and and that isn't to say like I, I'm not going to sit here and go, well, things were better in the olden days. There could have been so many relationships that should have ended, and there should have been divorce because of even abuse and those yep. types of things, which. You know, it was that would it would be more frowned upon to leave your husband than to just put up with being smacked all the time. Yeah, you know what it's I mean? wild to consider that, but it's true. I mean, so that's not a good thing. No, but at the same time, now like there is such a disposable or casual perspective mm-hmm. towards uh, relationships in general. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing, like. I'm a little bit older than you are. No. <laughs> and I've had it. I'm 28, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at least five years older than you. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> um, I have had a few long-term relationships. Right, and being married. And I've been married before. And this idea that there's something else out there actually does not lead to any kind of quality relationship in the future, necessarily. Like, I think the idea of leaving the situation you're in to find something better is not always a great strategy. So when I was talking about the arranged marriage thing, that kind of rang true to you, the idea that, hey, and and I think that like Christians would have a watered down version of the, you know, more of that, like we're just arranged. It's like, okay, we're going to get married before we have sex with each other, before we live together, just based on... We've court courted, let's say, <laughs> uh, on whatever level that is. Maybe you brought me a goat. Yeah, <laughs> that's still those are that's a different culture, <laughs> right? We don't have goats here. There's not one okay. goat. There's in no Canada. goat exchanging <laughs> in relationships here. Okay, not fair. currently. But you know what I'm saying. So the very very conservative, mm-hmm. and then you know you get it, you get married, and you go, we got to work this out. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what we're supposed to be doing when we commit to someone? That's what marriage is. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, that's the contract. Okay, but what about the fact that if you don't necessarily live with someone first, you really don't have a sense of how controlling they could be? Or, like, actual maybe really unhealthy habits that could occur that you would have a really hard time fixing? I don't know if you not living with someone makes you completely oblivious to them. Like you can still go to their house Mm -hmm. and go, hmm, like there's so much laundry on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. There's way to like what is going, and that, that's, that's a skid mark, honey. Like you gotta, (laughs) this is, you're gross. You know what I mean? Uh, But I think, you know, (laughs) if I were going to make an argument for not living with someone, like, first of all, I think it's great to not live with someone. I was actually wait, where who what was I reading? Wasn't that your Instagram? We were like yes. separate houses. Yes, yes, it was. Let's get married and not live together. Yeah, that's my ideal. Like get married and not live together. So what are you talking about? We well, should we should live together. No, just never live together. Get married and get never a duplex. live together. Buy a duplex and separate each houses. have your own home. Just have little sex dates. I love that idea. Look, I'm not arguing with that. Because then, like, if you want to do all that domestic stuff, you can. The option is there. You can have sleepovers or weekends at one person's house. But then then everyone can can go home. You can leave and you can be alone and you can, like, it's the Tim Burton, (laughs) Helen Bonham Carter uh, model. Is that what they did? Yeah. That's probably why they're so. I don't know. If well adjusted. Still, I don't know if they're still together. I don't think they are. <laughs> they had kids together and they didn't live together. No. This is what I would say to these people because we got to get back to this yeah, question. Yeah, well, tangent. The idea that these two people haven't lived together and oh no, what is going to happen? I think that what really is the question is what are their attitudes towards the relationship or relationships in general? Mm-hmm. If these two people are very open people and willing to grow and willing to adjust maybe adjust for each other. I mean, that's what it takes. As far as like, look, if they didn't have sex before marriage, but now they're going to try to have sex, but the sex is weird and the sex is awkward. It's the first time either of them, they're virgins, you know what I mean? Yeah. If they're both open to like, well, let's try this. Let's, you know, let's talk about it. Let's be able to um, approach this like adults and, uh, and have fun with it. Then, you can do, th- then everything will be fine. You know, and I think of how far I've come in my own 
sexual skill set since I was a virgin. Really, it's like leaps and bounds, baby. All, leaps and bounds. All manner of things are possible to learn if you have the but right of course. partner. And but if they've been dating since high school too, and they're in their twenties now, they probably know each other pretty well at this point. I'd say mm-hmm. inside or at least outside. And <laughs> <laughs> but but the idea is that you know if you are somebody who is like you do have a, a high libido and you do want to. Uh, explore things sexually but then you're with a partner who's like a very much a no person and a mm-hmm. uh, 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 that's going to be very difficult yeah, because that's, that's not an one. open person and i think that goes for like living together too if the person's like no like i would be more difficult to live with than these people probably because i've lived alone for so long yeah you're a real creature of habit at this point so it's like you're going to come into my space and be like let's adjust this let's move this around <laughs> it's like mm, uh, mm, uh. But if, I, if everyone has an open attitude, the point is, relax. It's none of your business, <laughs> first of all. Um, <laughs> Let them do their thing. What are the deal-breaking things that emerge when people live, to, live together? Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, a couple that I know uh, told me that anything that bothers you the least bit before you get married is just going to be amplified and get so much worse when you are married. Mm-hmm. So that would maybe be something to tell these people. Like, what are the little things... That, that this guy's doing that bothers you. That irk you now. Cutting his toenails on the bed. Oh my God. <laughs> that would be like instant. A, I'm feeling a toenail on my foot. No, that's like, that's instantly. The relationship is done. It's over, it's over right there. If you yeah. ever clip your toenails in my yeah, bed. Exactly. So oh, if wow. that happens, end it. End it for sure. Yeah. We're 100% on the same page no, there. No that, question. That is not okay. I mean, I'm, look, wet towels on the bed are almost enough for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just have some courtesy. Yeah, right? It's a feather duvet. Okay, a big one, I think, is the way that people share household tasks and chores, right? <laughs> <laughs> What episode should we uh, guide them to for I that know, one, Kat? That, that we have covered that one. That one's huge, though. That can really be. <laughs> but that's true. If you get people. this guy, uh, and I'm gonna, you know, a little sexist. sexist. But if you get a guy who's just a bump on a log, and you can just tell he's not gonna do anything for himself or other people. Like you saw, I sort of cleaned my kitchen today. Mm-hmm. I'm domesticated. Mm-hmm. Somewhat. Somewhat. I, I mean, you can do it. You I just can do it, and I to will do other things yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. But um, the point is, and again, openness. Mm-hmm. If this, if 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 you're about to get married to a person you've never lived with, and you know that when you approach subjects that are at the least bit challenging, they kind of lose it or they're not interested in talking, then yeah, that's going to be very difficult to be in that relationship in general. That's and, more of a problem than not living together. I but would I'm say. saying like you're yeah. not going to get through the. No the hurdles of living together, you might as well, you should live together first and go, okay, yeah, this is impossible. <laughs> you know, that should be your little... Because then you don't have to pay for the expensive divorce. Oh my goodness. Don't get married if you got to pay for those divorces. Don't get married. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last, at the end of the podcast. Actually, you know what? No one get married. That's our final uh, statement. Yeah, we're just going to call it I Don't. And it's going to become a podcast dedicated to living your best single life. Yeah. Alone, watching the beautiful mm-hmm. snow cascade mm-hmm. outside your window. Don't even, like, this whole dating thing is really stupid. No, just have friends that you have sex with. Yeah. And nah, good friends that you can share meals with. Yeah. And uh, a cat or a child. And you know what? I've, I've, I'm beginning <laughs> to think maybe it's better to, like, avoid, like, the meal thing with people that you're sleeping with. You know, maybe everything <laughs> has to be separate. Yeah. You know? Sex. And breaking bread. They do not exist in the same realm. Right. Like, it, it seems like a nice idea. No, because then they get ideas in their head so about confusing. what this is. Yeah. yeah. No, don't don't cook for people when you're... Wow, well, we are way off topic Don't here. laugh with people. Big, mm-hmm. If you're going to have... You either orgasm with them or laugh with them. Mm-hmm. You can't do, can't do both. both. No. Wow, we are so aligned today. Um, so I think we can tell this <laughs> with person... With horrible ideas. Right. With horrible, solitary ideas. Yeah. I think we can tell this person and their family to mind their own business. Yeah. Um, yeah. these young people are making choices from a place that's working for them after a relationship that has withstood the test of time. Yeah, that is a long growth. relationship. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, so but out. Yeah. But out. It's none of your Don't business. project your own relationship worries and, onto them. And listen to how Kat and I approach this question where we're like, well, there's people that do the arranged marriage and, and, uh, it's not always better to find the next, like we're, we're sitting here going, these are different ideas. We 
think or have heard or mm-hmm. whatever, they can have different ideas. You have a different idea. You want to live with someone. Do that then. Shut yep. up. Yeah. Give everyone their own space to figure out their own way. Love ya. Mm. <laughs> Number two? Sure. Ready? Okay. My girlfriend and I have been together for 11 months and we're now living together. The relationship got off to a rocky start. For the first five months or so, I guess you could say that my head wasn't really in the game because I was getting over a breakup. For the past five months, things have been amazing. My girlfriend has had a long history of past partners cheating on her, so earning her trust has been really hard. How do I convince her that I'm all in and that she doesn't need to worry about me straying? Hmm. How do I convince her? Did you look, did you Wikipedia this? <laughs> what do you Wikipedia? Building trust in a relationship? Yeah. How do you build trust in a relationship? I feel like there's a, um, like, there's something about to presence in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Talk like, about that. What does that mean, presence like, in a relationship? Presence in a relationship, uh, well, it's more than just being physically present. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to do with really engaging with someone. And I'm trying to think of examples instead of just using these general terms. But um, I guess in my experience, I've had relationships where, um, you know, there was not necessarily the um, initiation of spending time together that Mm -hmm. often or not showing up on time when plans were made or a lack of general communication. And I don't mean like, like definitely sometimes uh, when you're trying to figure out plans, but also just like, you don't want to just text me for fun, you know, those types of things. But still you have a good time when you're together and maybe that's the nature of that person, but it doesn't feel like they're very present in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Then I've had other relationships where like this person is on me, like in 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 a good way, like on, like biting my shoulder like wanting to be so close and enjoying every minute and like texting me to tell me a joke and to How does that feel to you? Well, that's great. That's okay. someone Cuz there are presence. some people who like shut down completely in the face of that kind of But I'm not saying like like a like like there's a there's a, the other version of that which is more like demanding something mm-hmm. of you. But But the, I would say I would say you respond well to this cuz you're a securely attached person. That may be the case. Do you case. know anything about attachment styles? Well, in yes, we talked about it before. Yeah, so I would say you're secure attached then. Possibly, but I. What's the? What are the three again? Just to avoidant, re- avoidant, secure, <sighs> and anxious. I feel like I'm a mix of secure and avoidant. If yeah. I'm perfectly honest, and maybe that depends on the nature of the relationship. Well, really. yeah, and how into the person you are. Yeah, that could be the case. Um, but. Yeah. So when I that's what I'm sort of I guess that's what presence feels like to me. Mm-hmm is someone who is engaging with you. So they're like consciously there, not just physically there. Okay, what about in situations where one person in the relationship is always the one who's like choosing the restaurant, choosing the place that they go away to. Sounds like... uh, They're being thoughtful with gift giving and the other person likes all of those things, but they don't take any initiative or effort. How does trust figure into that? Yeah, like this is what I'm talking about with the whole presence thing. Like when I was like this one girl, I remember, you know, it was her birthday and I came up with like four smaller gifts, but I put them all in matching bags and throughout a kind of a two day thing, I gave her these gifts at staggered times and it was a nice present, you know, and and this was early on in the relationship, (laughs) but it was a cute little version, like type when you, I like to give gifts with a little bit of a, there's a bit of flair there, I guess, you know, and I don't remember what the gifts were, but. Did you say there's a little bit of flail? Flair. Flair. Okay. (laughs) Like flailing gifts. What does that mean? I like to flail around and throw gifts at people. (laughs) I don't know. It's just something I enjoy doing. They find it a little bit uh, jarring. But then my birthday came around and she gave me a book I already had in a bag without even tissue paper. Like it was just in a gift bag. (laughs) It's like there. I go, "Mm, I have this. But yeah, oh, you have the gift receipt? See, great. I'll get another one. So there was a difference in uh, thoughtfulness thoughtfulness and caring about the relationship. And again, I will call that all sort of presence. She wasn't as present with the presence. (laughs) 
Do you think that's like kind of shallow and materialistic though? No, because I'm not bothered by the actual gift. I right. described how it was It was the presentation presented. and the degree of thought that went into exactly. it. Exactly. So I feel the same way as you do. I am the easiest human being in the world to get a present for if you pay any attention to me at all. Because yeah, I'm chai tea. Yeah. Like a nice chai tea. Bring set. me a box of tea. Like honestly, <laughs> I love presents any of any kind. So your the love language is gift. One, I have many love languages, but definitely. I'll do them all. I think, I don't know, I'm a Leo because I, I love to give people gifts and I love to spoil them too. So it's fun for me to get presents, mm, even if it's that, just that like chocolate, quality scones. chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't brought you scones in a while, have I? Yeah, so I feel like our relationship is waning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Joel. Um, okay, so let's look at this trust piece again, though. So, so my, the, my point is this. how do The question is, how do I make this girl feel mm-hmm. like I'm trustworthy and yeah. feel like I'm all in. Be all in. Be all in. Be all in. And honestly, a lot of it is time, right? Like if this person's yeah. been cheated on over and over again, it's going to take some time for them to see that you are trustworthy. And if you didn't show up so well in the first five months, they need some more time maybe to see that you are showing up right. consistently. And and communicating like, hey, you're, you're usually available. Mm-hmm. They're going to know you're like, okay, so not everyone's attached to their phone. But right. they're going to know your kind of habits and stuff like that. If you're like dropping off the face of the planet for weird periods of time. Like a whole day when you're out of town? That's a little weird. Yeah, it's super weird. Yeah, because I've thought of this just for my own, sort of my own sake. And that is the idea that like I need somebody to be present like that. Mm-hmm. And then I will feel and know. And when I've had that, man, I just was so into it. Yeah, like, I was just it's a good so feeling. happy. And... Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, it's such a simple, this, it's such a simple answer. It is a simple answer to some extent though, but then like there is an onus on the other partner to give that trust as well. Like they can't continuously treat the other person like they've done something wrong just because every other partner they've had has cheated on them. Absolutely. And I mean, if the guy, well. If they're starting to act paranoid. I was going to suggest something that you would suggest, but I'm not going to do that now. Oh, come on, do it. I was going to say if he wanted to ask her what she might need to feel um, more secure, but then he'll just follow those rules, like what she said, and that's Mm going to make it pointless. So I wouldn't do it. I would just... Interesting. Well, I think, you know, I think that it's not a totally terrible idea, but I think that some of those requests might be unreasonable. Like, I think asking to see someone's phone, if you Mm. get to the point where you need to do that, you shouldn't be in relationship. You need to go and work on your shit. Yeah. Um, Like, if this person has never cheated on you before, you have no reason to need to see their Mm. phone in your rational state of mind. Mm. Um, I think it's reasonable to ask for check-ins if they travel or they're not around. But the, like, the, this is the thing, asking for check-ins. Look, if this person never uses their phone to text or whatever, then, okay, maybe you have to say, by the way. But if this person is anything like anyone else in the whole entire world right now, <laughs> like you're going to just be like, oh my goodness, look at this thing I read or... Let me tell you that what happened with my day real quick or, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to touch base. Ideally, yeah. And, you know, there's a difference also in communication uh, that, that's like, hey, how are you? Pretty good. What went on today? Nothing much. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go to sleep now. Good night. And, oh, my goodness, check this out. This is so stupid. Uh, somebody said this. And I was walking in line and I did that, you know, and you're telling yeah. a little story going yeah. like, this is crazy. And the other person goes, What? What is, you know, and builds on that. <laughs> There's an engagement. Yeah, happening. you have a little moment of this happened in your life. What about how they act in public places to, when they're together? Yeah, if, if his... Or solo. If you, it, like, is this a guy writing this question? Yeah. So... I think so. It says my girlfriend. I guess it could be right. a girl, really. Well, whichever this person is, you know, if you're in public with this girl, the only way to make her feel like you're with her and you're not cheating on her is always have your hand on her butt. But you just have to hold that ass. And hopefully there's a bit of an I ass there to hold. I just want to point out that this is the first really inappropriate thing you've said in this podcast. <laughs> like we're halfway through and you just... This episode? Yeah, this episode. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> no, definitely not in the I was like, whole what? This, this is episode. the line? <laughs> Holding your girlfriend's ass while you're walking all the time? That's weird. I would have thought that that's... Some people would appreciate that. Uh, I do appreciate that. I love a good bum grab from someone I love. I remember I was like, I don't even, 13, 10, I don't know. 
but I was somewhere and uh, I saw a couple and the guy's hand was in the girl's back pocket. <laughs> and I was really young, but I was just like, I like that. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, I'm into that. I would that's like to get there. That's what those pockets are for. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, that's nice. They're just walking down the street and his hands Your in her relationship pocket. goals. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for some reason I hashtagged, this was like, I was 10. There was, <laughs> the internet was not really around at the same way. And I hashtagged in, a couple goals in my mind <laughs> on that image. It was amazing. Uh, okay. Um, I think we've answered I this. I think you have too. And I, I didn't really answer it because you said all the same things I probably would have said. Presence. And and yeah, if she's being paranoid and suspicious and making you feel like you've done something wrong, then she needs to be accountable for that. Yeah. That's it's, not fair. It's like, the, what can he's saying, what can I do? This is what you can do. Mm-hmm. Will it work? That's on her. Yeah. Well, she it's on, yeah, exactly. If you're doing all those things yeah. and she still doesn't trust you, that is totally mm-hmm. on her. I think also like you need to take into account how she's expressing her worry and fear. If she's being vulnerable and clear about where her feelings are coming from and why she's feeling that way, that's something. If she's being a little bit uh, emotionally overwrought and attacking you all the time, that's something entirely different. Mm. Okay. Number three. Mm-hmm. I really like this next question. I was really excited about this because I get asked this question all the time. Personally? Yes. Mm. By women everywhere. Interesting. I can't wait to answer it. And I'm not saying this is all women's cup of tea, but this is a super common question. So here we go. Wait, hold on. Maybe I should try to guess what the question is going to be based on that. So this is a question that all women ask. Not all women. Many women. Many, many women ask. Many women have asked. And what was the other thing you said about it? That it's not all women's cup of tea. That's right. So this is something women want. Some women. Some women want. A lot more than you And they're think. asking, how can I get this to happen? Uh, yeah, or keep happening. Keep happening. So this is something that most women want, and they want to have it keep happening. So how can I get my partner to? Mm-hmm. So how can I get my partner to... Um, ooh, what could it possibly be? Is it, no, it's, is it something domestic, or is it something sexual? Sexual. Sexual. Okay. How can I get my partner to do this sexual thing? It's not the Japanese rope thing that you keep bringing up constantly. No, that's quite specific. (laughs) (laughs) Only a handful of girls like that. How can I get my partner to um, consistently, um, and is it something we've already dealt with in ways? Um, not, Not this specifically, I don't think. Okay. I want my partner to, what can a woman possibly want that her partner isn't doing enough of? Is it just simply going down on her? No. No, that's too easy. Mm-hmm. Is it going, putting it, is it you doing you something with his penis? It's not so mechanical. Okay. How can I get him to, is it a foreplay question? Uh, I guess it could be foreplay. All right, just read it. Yeah, okay. (laughs) So when I first started seeing my boyfriend, he was amazing at being dominant. Oh my goodness, I had that on the I know you did. I could see it in your eyes. Now that we're (laughs) (laughs) that's weird. (laughs) I realized that as it was coming out. I could see it in your eyes. (laughs) I could see domination written on your face. Oh god. Thanks, (laughs) cat. But I did. I was. I was like, "Is that?" But but the the thought that I had was, "Aren't most guys dominant?" But anyway, no. go on with the question. No, because now that they're deeper and further into the relationship, it feels like we have lost their sub and dom roles. Uh, how do I get my man to be more dominant in the bedroom again without emasculating him? That's such a weird thing, eh? Like that last sentence. How can I make him be more dominant mm-hmm. without emasculating him? It mm-hmm. feels like. Like to being bring more it up. dominant is like kind of saying, I want your masculinity. Mm-hmm. So that's a feels dumb. Well, I think, I, well, I know that there are a lot of men who are very sensitive to hearing any feedback on any sex. feedback about sex. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a real thing, and I, I think it's a product of our culture, which is kind of just expecting men to know what they're doing at all times sexually and this is such a weird thing right because you're saying it's a it's a product of our culture for men to be to to know what they're doing to be good at sex to be stallions to be in a sense dominant 
in that mm-hmm. world. Yeah. And yet you can't ask them to be dominant, but they should be dominant because that's the expectation. But apparently they're not. This is very confusing to me. Well, this is the whole world of sexual politics right now too, right? Oh, oh it, yes. The, the d- feminist thing? Well, no. I think you can be totally feminist and still appreciate a submissive role in the bedroom. But there's... But sometimes the um, what you hear out there can confuse people to think maybe that's not what absolutely. Absolutely, I've been with partners who've yeah. been like really terrified to step into a dominant position because they just don't know what's okay and what isn't, right. um, and they're not totally comfortable in that kind of a space. Uh, but here's the cool thing about dominance and submission: uh, it is actually based in a place of real deep trust. Like in order to have a deeply satisfying dominant submissive relationship in the bedroom, you have to feel super duper comfortable with your partner. So I think it's pretty natural for the quality of sex to change, particularly for men as they grow a deeper emotional connection because they're able to find space and place for a new kind of physicality. Um, You know, it's not as performance-based. There's more opportunity for tenderness. And to me, I think the ideal is when you can find a hybrid of those two things. Dominate dominance comes from a, with a, from a place of trust. Quality dominant and submissive dynamics come from a deep place of trust. You can have great dom sub sex with like a random person but that this, you just but, hooked up with, but but this is I, I don't I, I don't I think I need to understand the problem here a bit more because from my experience. Like how dominant are how not dominant are these people being? I have no idea. Like that, that, but like from because you're saying this is a common problem. I don't know if you've experienced this problem. I'm not going to personalize this one (laughs) because I feel like I am usually the you know one that's running the show. Yeah, I don't. I'm not talking about initiating sex. No, I mean running the whole show. Right, and. I am the dominant person in the, but it's not like to any extreme. Right. But it's just like, yeah, I'm deciding what's going on here. Right. (laughs) Most of the time. And then, you know, sometimes there's like, do this. Okay. You know, Mm -hmm. um, so, but the thing is like, in what world, so there's, there's, Plenty of guys out there who are just what lay, just laying there. <laughs> I think I think what they're talking about is a shift from maybe having more aggressive power play sex to something that's a lot more tender and loving and connected and like soft. Let's say. But that how and that's domination. Well, what is domination? The role, the the tender sex. No, that is less dominant. It sounds like. So so right now things are tender and nice. Yeah, and they want I think it to be a little bit. They want to. She's missing. Fuck. She's missing the the rougher, more aggressive. I'm gonna guess she's missing the more aggressive, rougher. Okay, so it's it's. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is a hard one to get my head around because I'm because it's such a nuanced thing. Exactly. And it's just like so. It's so here. Do you want to hear my advice and then you can sound in on it? Because sure. you seem confused and bewildered. Well, I just don't know what's. I I need them to make a sex tape. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Send it over. Can I'm not going to enjoy please it. Please send Joel a sex tape, which he will not enjoy, so that I can kind of get an idea of what you mean mm-hmm. by like. Because because I guess this is what I need to know, and then not to derail your because I know you're going to give that advice, but this like is someone that guides the. Uh, sex experience domination dominating is that enough or is it like i need to be dominated i think it's up to the individual you know there's someone who can take the lead like i think what you're talking about is taking the lead in the bedroom which Mm -hmm. is quite different than being properly dominated okay like improper domination there's a lot more aggression usually but it doesn't have to be violent either. Is that, it, what, is that what this person's asking Well, it's up for? to the individual, right? And I don't know. I don't know the particulars of this circumstance. But let's just say they do like more like of a punishment scenario. All right. So this is like, like a, it's more of an extreme. It could be. 
It could be. And it could just be that they want like a little bit more aggression. They just want to be pounded a little harder. Maybe they want their hair held. I don't know. But yeah. the point is, I think the first step that's yeah, really yeah. important. Yeah. So is, we're really talking about how do we communicate this? Yeah. How do we communicate this? So the first step is for her to understand why she likes to be dominated. Where does oh. that come from? That's the first step. Where that comes from might be part of the reason why her partner is pulling back as he gets to know her better. Because sometimes those places are rooted in very complex experiences. But why would they, like, how would that be communicated to the partner and why would they pull back? Well, they're going to get to know you. They're going to get to know your life story and where you've come from. So they're going to be like, oh, that dark thing happened and that's why you enjoy this. It's entirely possible. Oh, and I don't want to be associated with that. To that. Oh, but yeah. there's something super empowering about being able to own take it. that narrative and own it. And understand that gets that makes me sad. Does it make you sad? <laughs> well, I don't. I don't like that. Well, and this is it. This is why I think a lot of guys are uncomfortable in that scenario, especially as they develop deeper feelings for their partner. Right. They want to protect them, and they want them to feel safe and good, and mm-hmm. they don't want them to have a bad experience. So they're very tender and yeah. Loving but and just careful. just think of how empowering and beautiful it could be to be able to explore that dynamic with someone that you feel really safe and good with. And also, like, dominance and submission is not necessarily about violence. It's about surrender. So the more you Mm -hmm. trust someone, the more you surrender to them naturally. And that is an inherent place to start the dynamic from. And then you can decide the levels of aggression you want to incorporate into this scenario. And I don't know. I think, like, always only having aggressive sex could get really boring, frankly. Mm -hmm. I think it's nice to be able to switch it up and to explore more of the softer sides of dynamic. And I think there's also um, ways that you can can do these dominant things that aren't they don't equate to necessary uh, necessarily like hardcore banging mm-hmm. uh you could just like i mean you keep on talking about the the japanese ropes but you can you know tie someone up or blindfold them mm-hmm. and then just like play with them with a feather or something like that yep, but absolutely. The, you're con- still controlling the situation yeah so that's it's still it, domination and 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 that's at the very essence of dominance and submission. It's the control and the yielding of control. That's really what's powerful. And that comes in all kinds of flavors and shapes and varieties and colors. And it's entirely up to the individuals involved how they want to express it. Some people go way extreme in ways that I couldn't even imagine doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, But then there are people who are just as happy to be like lightly held down <laughs> versus, you know. So, so we, to get back to this question, how does the she, idea is how, how does she, she bring it back? Bring, yeah, without offending the delicate ego of the uh, <laughs> pussy man that doesn't know how to have sex. <laughs> well, we don't need to call him a pussy man because I think there are tons of guys who would be a bit like, you know, I don't know. I mean, as a dude, what do you think the perspective is? Like if he started out strong in this role and now that they're like falling deeply in love and knowing each other really well and it's shifting, why do you think that could be? So, oh, so he was being, see, th- this is the thing I and. I don't know if you know more about this question than I do. You didn't do any follow-ups or have any deeper understanding Well, here. I feel like it's invasive to say, what do you mean he was amazing at being dominant? Like, what does that look like to you? Do we do, do we need to know the specifics of their bedroom? Do no, no, but you're, the, the question is, he was dominant. Yeah. Now he's not. Yeah. So I don't know if that They've equates lost to their roles. he used a paddle on me and now he doesn't. I feel like it's he was a lot more uh, probably, again, present and maybe yeah full on and like i'm gonna do uh, bend over i'm gonna you know what i mean now he maybe yeah is a little bit more tender doesn't do that as much and so as a dude why did that change there's probably a myriad of reasons one could be that he's become complacent Mm -hmm. you know like sex to him might be enough to just come right at a certain point and if they they probably maybe have figured out um, okay, this is how she comes, this is how I come. You know, mm-hmm. we have three or four different variations of that, but we can do that uh, every time. Yeah. And we don't really need to have that much of a unique atmosphere or event. Mm-hmm. Just, like, get on top, grind yourself off. That's my nightmare. Yeah, but that is, I think that is... <laughs> Getting on top and grinding yourself off? No, That's weird. just like having <laughs> having four flavors of sex that you just like fall into every yeah, It's like, time. what are we going to do this time? All right, let's, let's do, do that one. Let's do B. Yeah. 
And God help me, you know. It's just like, oh, okay, so nothing really happened except for what we do. And it was nice, you know, but it's... A, so he might have fall, fallen into that sort of complacent mm-hmm. thing um, and be lazy sexually, I suppose. Um, there is, a, like I've mentioned on previous podcasts, this idea that her communication with him maybe at some points could have been uh, like pushing back on certain things that mm-hmm. makes him a little bit nervous to go different places. Like you can, you, this is going to be, this is a weird tender area, but like you can say, I don't want a thumb in my ass. Right. But it's how you say that is going to sort of, um, you know, make or break this person's desire to try other things. Another thing. Yeah. So you know if what you're mean? like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, like, what, what was that? What are you, what are you doing? I, that is, this is the worst question to hear. What are you doing? It, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just like, what do you think I'm doing? I'm, I'm trying something here to go like, oh, that doesn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I never say those things in the moment. You just later on? No, no. I'll just like take a hand and remove it and then oh, that's talk about it after. Yeah. yeah. It's just like there's there's ways to do it. If you, like, I mean, you can just shut someone down, mm-hmm. but then you're shutting them down. Yeah, I don't. It, like, yeah, and that, would, can, that can result in. I would discourage that. Longer term shutdowns. Okay, so. So so that could be a scenario and I'm not and saying it is. One? So one was uh, the, he uh, got lazy. The other one is that she shut him down. And uh, and then you, your scenario where he just he thinks that this is the best sex, sweet, tender, mm. loving. He's very affectionate towards her. He has changed from wanting to you know destroy that pussy to uh, <laughs> wanting to uh, you build know, a home for that pussy. Yeah, just be and so love tender. it forever. <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's the case. I feel like it's the first one. That he's most gotten likely, complacent? Yeah, I feel like that's the most likely uh, scenario. So you don't think it's likely that he, because he's more comfortable and attached that he's finding a different sexual expression? There could be part of that, um, but I don't know who this guy is that... Uh, <laughs> I feel like he's complacent. I just okay. don't know what, what this... Like, okay, ah. so what, how, what does she do? What can she say? The first thing that came to my mind was doing a porn exchange. Have you ever done this before with someone? Oh, where you send you send uh, you, you each videos. send each other links to porn videos that you like, mm. and the the other person can observe them in their own time because then you don't have that weird feeling of oh my god they're silently judging me because I'm right. a freak. Yeah. Not that I've ever felt that, but uh, <laughs> but it's fun because then you can send them what you like and what you're into. It, you guys it would just can be have so a con- unfortunate if you send a video of just a woman masturbating. <laughs> Like, oh, or like a three-way lesbian situation. This is my favorite thing in the world. It's just <laughs> there's not by a penis yourself? in sight. Oh dear! <laughs> it's a girl having sex with a male sex doll. Um, yeah. yeah, but if you if you do that in the spirit of sharing and trying to create more variety in your bedroom, you can talk about what you've watched in a neutral space, like not when you're having sex, but like say, hey, what did you like about that? Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything there that you'd like to try? Like you should be able to talk about your sex life without anyone feeling judged. I just don't know Be why. positive. Be like, I really love it when you just like take charge or do whatever yeah, that thing like, is you did um, that you used to do. I, someone once told me, and I don't want to, I don't know what context it was. It probably wasn't a context in which I was with them or anything like that. This was probably just a generic general context, mom. Somebody once said <laughs> that they liked feeling a little bit of pain mm-hmm. on like insertion, like mm-hmm. that first like shove it in sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I heard that and then I did that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, the <laughs> <laughs> and how did that go? I mean, somebody heard that and, and then somebody, somebody could it. do that. But if you say, if you say like, I like this, mm-hmm. you know, why can't you just say that? Like, what's so. It's, you know. Can we talk about choking for a second? Yeah. Like, what's your take on choking in the bedroom? It's fine. Yeah. Um, but not everyone's going to like it. Mm-hmm. We have to, I think you need to be real clear that you, your partner does like it before you do yeah. stuff like that. I, for one, I can't do that. It's not a thing I can do, but I know a you lot. You can't of, choke someone? Well, I guess I could choke someone. But you can't be choked. I can't be choked. But I. You just, it, you don't like it. Mm-mm, I can't. Uh, but I know a lot of women who do enjoy it. Yeah, and I think there's a there's like 
put your hands around my neck and then there's like and like choke me kind of thing and then there's also just like hold my neck for leverage (laughs) you know which is also kind of the it's a control thing too and stuff like but like why don't you just take his hand and put it on your neck because then you're controlling the situation right if you, if but you, is that kind of like? Can you say like this is the I'm gonna do this this time, and then hopefully he'll pick up on it next time voluntarily do it. Mm-hmm. You could. I don't know. I think if you have to direct it in that way in the moment, it doesn't feel as powerful. Hmm. Yes, but Cat, if she communicates this back to my original issue with everything, if she communicates this and goes, "I like to be dominated," when he is doing the domination, like we're talking about the whole. Well, you thing. just you just put made a great case for why you have to specifically discuss things sexually, because we just talked for like five minutes about how we had no idea what domination meant. Does it mean she wants someone who's controlling the scenario? Right, right, right. Does it mean she wants her hair pulled or like mm-hmm. to be gently slapped about the face? Like what? We don't. <laughs> some gently. people like that too. If I'm gonna slap a face, I'm gonna <laughs> slap a face. I think, and you have to, you have to talk. I have friends who are very actively involved in the BDSM community Mm -hmm. and some of them have like consent forms where they have specifically outlined all the acts that they would like to engage in. You got to study it. Yeah. That seems difficult. Because, you know, like it's, you know. Were you the one that had cat and nine tails written on yours? (laughs) Did you have cat? Where's that piece of paper? It's like (laughs) shuffling. (laughs) But I do think, like I don't, I think the time and place to have these conversations is not in the bedroom, not before or during sex, Mm. but like in neutral space where you can just have a conversation about things you would like more of, things you'd like to try. Um, And God, like everyone does fall into complacent patterns sometimes when you're in a long-term relationship, but don't, don't do that. Like challenge yourselves to get out of that space. Yeah, and I would maybe if we touch on if he is sort of in a complacent sort of lazy scenario, that's a tough thing to bring up. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, but I guess maybe um, if she is, if she has that conversation that will, hopefully revitalize things just in general but again can you say i want to be dominated the person dominates i guess they're just following the rules but then you've kind of made that happen but i guess it's in the moment everyone you suspend your disbelief for a second right because you're Mm -hmm. you know that this person at the end of the day is also you're going to be nagging at them to do the dishes so you know (laughs) it is a moment of just allowing yourself to you know be dominated and imagine that this person is dominating and, you know, not just... Maybe what they should do is just like, I'm dominating you. Pick up my underwear. Just throw all their laundry on the floor. (laughs) It's like, you do that. Is that also a sexy thing? Some people are totally into that little, like, made butler scenarios. I was on a dating website and I um, came across this profile where this uh, girl was saying that she's into uh, Taken by Hand or something like that. Have you heard of this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know that my definition is the same as yours, though. Well, she was saying that, like, she wanted to be... It was, yeah, I guess I, I didn't know what it was, so I was asking questions about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, at first it seemed just like, tradition very traditional gender roles where she was the housekeeper type of thing and then you know the man was the big man boss but then like he would tell her what to do and to you know don't touch the thermostat or you're gonna get in trouble you know or you have to make have this so meal ready a, for she's me she's like you. really submissive then this was what Look, I don't, at the end of the day, I, I don't believe that this was a real profile, to be honest with you. <laughs> but this was the scenario that she was telling me about. Mm-hmm. And then I also Googled it to learn about it. And then there was the idea that, like, if she didn't do what I told her to do, then she would need to be punished. Mm-hmm. And, like, I was like, what do those punishments look like? And she said, um, like, corner time. <laughs> Wow. How stupid is it? Let time out. Go stand in the corner. <laughs> like, how do I want that in? Like, I want that always in a relationship. And, but, you know, when I read about it online, these girls were very positive about it. They're mm-hmm. like, I like to know that my man, you know, is in control and that, you know, I can't. 
mess up or else I'll get in trouble or whatever. And then I guess it it does definitely, it's a sexual thing at mm-hmm. the end of the day, right? So now over my knee I'm going to spank you or now you're going to have to, and I'm going to have to fuck you in the ass. I'm sorry. I don't know how <laughs> what, what road these things go down. I don't know what the leeway is there. Um, but to me, like, my my instinct, this is going way off topic, but it doesn't matter. My instinct was that I don't want to combine uh, sexuality with discipline. Not, And I also don't want to have to discipline somebody. A grown-ass adult. A grown person in a real scenario. Like if this is a play thing. So um, dominant and submissive and discipline are not always aligned they're not always part and parcel so this isn't the same thing no they i mean they they are feel similar they frequently are aligned but But what is this taken by hand you know what it is you looked it up that's what i just described Mm -hmm. it to be there there are some people who have articulated their fetishes very clearly and they know exactly what they like so if it's not your game it's not your game you might not want to dole out punishment but there are probably a lot of people who do well like the thing is, like, some of it sounded fun. Yeah. And, like, okay, I could be uh, the king of the roost. Yep. The cock of the walk. Mm-hmm. But then I was just like, but I don't want to be mean. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so where, and also it seems like there's, it's always a bit of a performance or a game. Like, is there ever a time you, like, sit back and you're just normal people and you just have like, vanilla sex? No, not really that, but you have a, just a normal, pleasant conversation, like nice people. You don't have to be like, uh, sorry, but you didn't, I didn't like this spaghetti. No, I think I You think undercooked be, the noodles. I think Go stand in the corner. Exhausting. I'm going to pull down your pants and slap you. It'd be exhausting to maintain that all day long. Yeah, like, but that, it, it feels like that's a taken by hand relationship. Is it, or is it just like, we're going to play this sometimes? I I think it's, again, up to the individual. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. Like a taken by hand weekend might be fun. Sure, little little games, role play things. Sure, and this was what it is at the end of the day. It's role play. It's like, yeah, but this is like you're just on a dating site. As this is what I'm looking for. That felt like it was like this is it. Yeah, well, that's what she needs in order to have a satisfying sexual life. She'll find her person. She'll probably find a few people. The internet is a wild and wonderful place. All right. Well, you heard it here, folks. The <laughs> The internet is wild and wonderful. Uh, did we answer that? I think we did. I think we did too. So, uh, like, mm, I don't, how much time do we have left? It's fine. Okay. So, I'm going to get personal for a second. Okay. So, some of my appreciation for dominance and submission came from a place of trauma. And I'm not going to get into the specifics of that. Okay. But I have had the opportunity in relationship to explore what that means. And I had a partner who was really... Um, concerned that he was stepping into the role of uh, someone who had victimized me. Uh, yeah, like when you mentioned that before and I, when I said it, it sounded sad. Yeah, and I'm not, and I'm not I'm saying thinking. that every person who appreciates that kind of role play is coming from a place of trauma because that's right. not the case either. But for many of us, it's true. Um, and I can completely sympathize that a partner might not want to be associated with that same space. But I can tell you that it was not the case at all for me. But what's the, what's the, like, so what is the thought process or the attitude there? Because if, if I'm, if, if I'm going, I want to experience this, that was, so it's, you're owning it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like this idea. Sometimes I feel like Halloween is a time where people dress up as all the scary things yeah, that they might step scare into their them. Darkness. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. they're like, I'm the zombie now. Yeah, and again, I'm not a I'm not a psychologist or a psychotherapist, so I can't speak at length about exactly what the mental process is there. We can play with it though. I can only speak personally. We can we can dabble in psychotherapy, can't we? Uh, I can only speak personally, and for me, it was just like it was it was an exciting feeling feeling to yield the control. Mm. Um, and it was definitely, it definitely came from someplace. So, 
But was it was it like I want to experience specific things that were part of that no. trauma? No, it was just more in fact, the idea. In fact, th- that's part of the reason why I can't have anyone's hands on my throat. That's what so, I was um, guessing. <laughs> hey, this show is getting weird. Uh, <laughs> but, but so you you'll go. I don't want the actual yeah. thing. I don't want to relive. No, something. I don't. I don't want to relive that moment. But there there is a sense of excitement, and um, I don't. I don't. I don't even know exactly how to articulate it, but I know for me personally, it did come from an earlier place. And for me, uh, what has like really evolved my experience of that dominant submissive role is understanding that yielding to a partner in a submissive way it can also be like just surrender. It doesn't have to have like anyone holding you down or doing anything aggressive. It's just like giving yourself over. So that mindset itself is super powerful. And if you can step into that from trust and love and clarity, and then honestly, like everything else is like sprinkles on the cake, I guess. The the headline in this, what you're saying, I think is like, if these things come from those places yeah. and the person is very sensitive to that. Yeah, your partner may be scared to step into that role yeah, for you. Yeah, you really have to clarify yeah. what it is. And it sounds like, to be honest, that you don't even really know well, what's I, behind. You I, know something. I have some sense. But it's hard to say. Like for come me, up with I, and I again, I can't speak to all trauma survivors, but yeah. for me there there was like a moment of electricity that came from being held down at a certain mm-hmm. juncture in my life. Okay. And so then that translated into a relived feeling of electricity whenever I am held down. Okay. Um, so, yeah. So it's just like a spark in that moment, as much as that moment was a traumatic moment. Yeah. You, yeah. you don't, that's not a moment you want to relive. That's no. not a moment you want to be a part of. But no. that one little thing was just like, oh. It kind of stuck I can, in I, that way. That, I, don't, I could own that and enjoy it in other contexts. Exactly. Safe context in which mm-hmm. I know I am ultimately uh, trusting okay someone. and trusting someone. I'm and safe so, with And them. that's why I also said, like, really understand where your submissive tendencies come from. Right. Like, really know that part of yourself first so you can direct it in a safe way that is healthy for you. Because sometimes you are also unconsciously re-engaging your trauma if you are acting out dominant submissive scenarios and you don't have that self-awareness piece, too. And and this is a good, I mean... Oh, and if I may, sorry. It may be a barrier to you connecting deeper with your partner if you're stuck in that. The trauma loop? The trauma loop. Mm -hmm. If this is a, you know, I feel like this is very helpful. (laughs) (laughs) You can talk, you could just be like, I was listening to I Do and I Don't Show. (laughs) Yeah. But really, like it's a conversation thing, right? It's just like, I was listening and uh, fascinating, you know, I was talking about this trauma thing and, and domination. Now, I was like, I would like to be dominated a little bit. I don't have trauma. <laughs> like, you can clarify all of these things through this conversation and yeah. just be like, oh, and, you know, or, you know, I, I know I told you about this thing that happened and how that was a horrible experience. I still would like to experience, you know, you putting your arm on my the shoulders, the back of my shoulders, and really giving it to me. Um, but that's, <laughs> just hold me down, baby. And you don't have to worry about triggering And you don't me. have to, because it's actually, I really want to experience I really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and it, it, maybe it does stem from something, but it's not a reliving of no, that. Exactly. And you're not taking me back to yeah. a dark place. Yeah. Instead, I'm owning it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This, thank you. Thank you for mm-hmm. helping me articulate something so complex and difficult to talk about for so I still many think people. we simplified it. I think there's more to oh, it. Oh, yeah, for sure. If I was a hardcore psychotherapist, I could Yeah, there's that something there down, that but... I don't, I can't get my head around. But um, I think it'll help the person that asked this question <laughs> at the very least. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's us uh, for <laughs> <laughs> signing off. Bye. <laughs> Guys, send your questions to I do and I don't show at gmail.com. And uh, what else? Instagram, I do and I don't. And Facebook, I do and I don't as well. And uh, we're here every Monday. We sure are. You know, it's, it would be nice to, if you enjoy what we're talking about or anything like that, to share the podcast. Yeah. We want to reach more people. We want people to uh, be able to engage with us and to go like, oh, that's interesting. And maybe... Laugh mm-hmm. or cry or learn something or or learn. Um, 
so if you if you like the episode, if you think that anything we talk about is interesting, funny, or I don't know, poignant seems a little bit of a big <laughs> a word. A little bit of a reach for us. <laughs> a little bit of a reach, but um, enlightening maybe. In enlightening, any sense. illuminating. Yeah, even in a fun way. Mm. Um, we also love your reviews and your ratings. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, to encourage other iTunes people or whatever uh, iHeart or whatever I service. <laughs> um, but uh, boy, if people were to just give us a little shout out on Facebook or their Instagram when we share this, whatever, that's that would be huge for us. Um, have a beautiful week. And as I always say, don't forget that you need to pick up milk. <laughs> <laughs>